invested in the uh, new uh, I upgraded with my my uncle Joe Stimmy. Got the uh, got a standing desk. Oh no way! So I built that last night. So that's what? How was the first day with it today? It was pretty good. It was. It was. Uh, I, I did it for like probably longer than I should. I, I'll have to. I feel like the. At, well, I don't know. It was nice in the morning for sure. It was. I want it for like the after lunch time. I feel like that would be helpful to not. Yeah, I had one in the office and I miss it. I kind of want to get a little extension to put on top of my desk, but I just haven't. I haven't I, broken down to get I, it yet. Mine's got the full like motor stimmy. Like, oh, so yeah, there you go. Bye, PJ. <laughs> so I, I, you know, this, this is, is like the first. Star, this is like the Star Wars. <laughs> i love this this is amazing i wanted to ask you because we, this is the first pod we've done a year in to the quarantine yeah <laughs> and i want a little update on <laughs> bye <laughs> i want a little update on like what are you doing on a day-to-day basis to like have a little bit of fun bring you some joy video games movies whatever like what 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 are you tapping into right now just to to kind of keep the good vibes flowing in your apartment? Good vibes, good yeah. vibes flow. Um well we've switched from playing Fortnite to a lot of modern warfare. Really? Mm-hmm. The uh well, some Warzone. Getting out there on the battlefield. Sure. Um, I don't know. Um I mean, I feel like there's just like the routine is has been is pretty like established or set, just sort of <laughs> the good and bad thing. I just feel like all we do is watch a shit ton of movies and shows and whatever, and just sort of cycle through basketball games. <laughs> there's not like a you're just moving around late past. Yeah, the I, the one movie that's popping in my head right now that was a good quarantine movie, but was pretty maddening is that new Rosamund Pike one. Have you seen that? It's on Netflix. Who's Rosamund Pike is the woman from Gone Girl. Oh, no, I, I've not watched whatever. Whatever that is called, I'm looking up the name of her. They right care now. a lot. Yep, that's it. Uh, so you, I would suggest those that are listening. It's probably worth a watch. I would watch it, but you know, spoiler alert. Let's see, a shady now. legal guardian lands in hot water when she tries to bilk a woman who has ties to a powerful gangster. Interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah, you just got to watch it, PJ. You just got to watch it, and we're going to debrief. Uh, but okay. you, you should give that a shot. I'm I can do definitely that. curious to pick your brain on the end. It's worth your time. It's it's quite interesting. But that's a good one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I am I have struggled with movies a little bit because like the Snyder Cut seems to be the big thing right now. Which Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but... I haven't seen... Ju- I did not see Justice League. Hmm. The only... DC universe movies that I've enjoyed 
the last five years, I would say was the really the first Wonder Woman. Uh, I can't like some people liked Aquaman. I'm liked Man of Steel. That was good, but by and large, not a fan. Have not gotten into Justice League. Oh uh, yeah, I mean they've the DC stuff is uh, Wonder Woman 1984 big doo doo fest. We talked about that at ad nauseum on this. <laughs> yeah, what a what a that was something. Yeah, I feel like the the thing I that I we we had already begun watching beginning of last year and then the pandemic but like i i had the rewatch of sopranos is probably the most uh impactful of just like sentiment i have of anything covid related of like i wish i could just have looped through that cycle of just rewatching i mean i could just start rewatching it again i guess but uh, we're rewatching where were you watching Succession right now, which has been an enjoyable second run? Yeah, that that that's is something I want to do. That yeah. I, I that has been my that's that's funny you said because that was my direct internal answer of something of I when I was like I I need to get something to get capture that same feeling. I was like oh, I could just rewatch those two seasons of succession and get hyped but i I sort of once i know they have a a definitive because we're in the dead period of all this stuff i I think just like content wise is when the pandemic hit so we we don't necessarily have like a a date in mind now for when stuff's going to come back because things there's like a delay we're in a dry spell yeah, we're going to, I'm, it certainly seems like it, we're going to have a summer that is like not terrible, which is pretty great. Um, so that we is might have a summer that is not terrible because I don't want to, it's not going to be normal. I mean, people are not going to be, nor should they be maskless indoors for long periods of time all the time, but hopefully it can get to the point where we can be inside and then life is close to me back to Back on my bullshit, back to back on my bullshit Matter of fact, that was bullshit, I'm going back to back to back on my bullshit Do it one time, they gon' think it's luck Gotta hit him with the repeat Do it two times, they gon' still doubt Hey, now I got a three-peat Gotta flood the streets till they need deep Gotta stay woke, can't be sleep All this fly shit don't be cheap All these bad bitches that we keep round Pockets gotta be deep now Never lose again, living me deep down Gotta keep winning, it's a clean sweep now Tell her back it up, you hit three beefs now Big truck, little bitch Call me Greek freak, big bucks, little bitch Paid in full, little ace, little Mitch You a Rico, little case, you'll snitch Not from Chicago, but too shy to speak Ask Wiz Waldo, I'm too hot to seek Move like cargo, I do fly every week Princes in Lagos, Dubai with sheiks Everywhere I go, new vibe the freak Told her I'm Drago, you Apollo PJ, let's jump into some trade Some trade stuff, man We, 
I'm very excited. This probably has to be the trade deadline. We had the D'Angelo Russell trade last year um, that was near the deadline, but this is the first time that I can remember that we've been doing this podcast that we've gotten a very splashy Bulls trade. And is that was quite the- unexpected, at least in my mind. I, th- I thought that the Bulls would make a trade today but was surprised it was Vooch. So I'll give you the floor, man. I want to hear what you think. I don't, I mean, I don't really need a a floor for it. I mean, the the simple as this, the bulls are, the bulls are back, baby. I mean, one door closes with the, our Drake Bulldogs losing and the amount of strain I put on my body in a four day period of, of alcohol and hype and all of that. And now we're on the other side and I, the basketball team actually made a trade and didn't just, you know, swap second round picks and get cash considerations for um, God knows whatever uh, you would describe as the Garpax approach to the trade deadline. So um, not, I was, when we were talking, or I mean, I thought on the radar of like Lonzo was, I definitely convinced myself of the Lonzo market. The idea of moving Laurie in some sort of package, the idea I thought was like, all right, could they, there was some rumors about Malcolm Brogdon. I was like, oh, that would be great. Would take that too as a, a primary instead of Lonzo. But um, the Vooch thing, yeah, I uh, did not see it coming. It was a, a tone that they, they took in this recent slide. I mean, they've got a very tough schedule coming up uh for sure but it was it's clear i think the the only takeaway you can have from it is that they're bought in on zach levine they're ready to build around him i don't think widely reported they were not necessarily convinced of him when ak and mark eversley took over uh but now here we are and they're trading for vucevic they're they're um theme of today was get rid of all the guard patch junk which was tight uh Feel bad. I really like Wendell Carter, um, but he his just confidence. Yeah, he's your Duke, Duke homie. Yeah, no, but just like the minute he came, like he was not for the losing. Was I think in a locker room full of um, you know, some? I don't want to say timid, but just go with the flow. People, he was he was right away. Like he he had a voice, but. I think through injuries and coaching changes and, and everything in between there, I mean, he's at the stage where he does not have second guessing himself. And it's just, um, I think where, where he was, he was trending. It just, it wasn't going to get fixed here. Unfortunately, I really hope he kills. I, I really like the fit with him and Steve Clifford. I think that's a really good coaching fit and, and, and personality for him. In, in regards to also him, just he had fresh start, I think, and do a lot for him down with the in, in Orlando. And granted, they've – that whole team now is just blown up. They just blew the whole thing up. So and, – and for the, the Bulls side of it, you get another all-star and, and you've legitimately now positioned yourself, I think, before they look to commit to extending Zach and giving him that max money that – everyone knows is is coming along and, and what you have to do there go around mess around make the playoffs this year give him actually a competitive professional team 
of pros, not a bunch of young dudes just trying to all figure it out together, have some established veteran presence in that team. I mean, the Bulls were one of the youngest teams in the league and, and not, certainly not anymore, but not in a bad way. They just have some established players who you can set around and that veteran presence, uh, you would hope, helps to cultivate a productive learning environment for Zach to get the good reps he needs beyond just trying to do it all on his, his own. And you saw even like Billy Donovan, that's a, that was a big boy coaching hire. And in, in times when this team has struggled all year, his default move is going to guys like Thad Young, Garrett Temple, bringing them in just to stop the bleeding when things have gone south for them. And this sort of is, is in that same vein of just giving him more of those guys. And yeah, I said at the beginning, Bulls got two all-stars now. So is who's going to start at small forward for them? Pat Williams. So okay. that's, that's kind of what I figured he's been starting. He's, and that's a dude. I mean, not, I was, you're pretty happy with him, right? Yeah. I'm very impressed. He's, he's, in terms of floor for a, a you know, 19-year-old rookie, 20-year-old kid, very above where I had and, and really not knowing much about him and just having my – I was way more in our draft stuff. I was ready for Tyrese Halliburton, and that didn't work. And it works. That's their guy, and, and he's he's taken it on. They've challenged him. He, he hasn't been, like, just ascending forward. I mean, he's had ups and downs, but he's, he's shown that he's – wanting to learn continuing to do so and uh they're just gonna let him get his reps in on that that spot and it's it's his but it's not like something where he knows he's got guaranteed minutes if he's he's struggling they'll they'll take him out but that that spot's his to to learn and grow in. and it's, he's he's been an asset to them for sure well i think you now i think Levina is another year on his contract one more He's eligible for the extension, though, after going into next season. So uh, I just don't think it's even a question. Like, yeah, he's he is now. I'm bought in on him. I'm, I'm yeah. You're just gonna max him, and he is gonna be a guy to build around. It's gonna be him and Vooch, and you're trying to fill in the other the other gaps on the roster. And I don't think that that's a terrible approach, especially in the East, and just getting wings that are top ten in the NBA is not an easy feat. There are very few yeah. that were really up for consideration in that department. Um, who the, the partner with Levine in the, in the backcourt so. is going to be is the question. Um, might still be Lonzo. There's it maybe might be. it's sign and trade, something yeah. like that. Uh, it would be very interesting. I think that they would fit quite well. I think their style of play really works. And Regardless of what happens there, though, I think Vucevic is one of the most diverse four spacing fives in the game. He's a yeah. no, he's a, yeah, he's a modern big. He's he's he a modern is exactly five. what you want. He's got he's putting up twenty five and twelve this year, which I expect that to to go down a little bit with the Bulls, but that's okay, just because he's got more help. Um, Levine has been so good. Kobe White, Laurie on a given night can fill it up. Like, I don't think he's going to, he's going to be taking as many shots, but just having him on the court and the spacing that provides too, 
think it's a game changer. And Billy Donovan is so much better of a coach than the Bulls have had. Um, yeah, they're just they're, I think I think too. It's exciting, man. It's cool. I started rewatching The Last Dance, and I was just like, man, to see Chicago have a good basketball team again, how cool would that be? <laughs> <laughs> would be really good. yeah man we've got uh yeah the, the drake hype from basketball i was like listen man my my football team just signed annie dalton as their quarterback as their starting quarterback he uh, does look good bulls haven't made a bulls haven't made the playoffs and sick whatever had a, a significant actual team where i was truly that hyped since the derrick rose mvp year, and that was you know, full ascending until he ran into LeBron James and was like, oh, they're just going to put LeBron on Derrick Rose in the fourth quarter and this thing kind of unravels and it kind of step back from that. But, you know, hyped about the White Sox and then Eli Jimenez goes and tears yeah, his pectoral. I wasn't going to bring that up today. <laughs> that was not There was this afternoon long. began with a lot of great morning news and then there's like two hours of – it's a very eventful day in Chicago land today. Well, I wasn't even – yeah, I mean, not even in terms – I mean, we had uh, – yeah, the two two just like <laughs> ends of things where you had trade for – This Boots, amazing player coming to the city. Boots, oh. Right? And then even though everyone sort of knew the, the news was probably going to be bad about Eloy being like, oh, it's actually awful because, yeah. He tore his pectoral. And then, like, soon after that, then it was, like, Jessica Walters had died, and that was super bummed. That was a bummer. Shout out Lucille Bluth, the GOAT of, of characters and probably the best, act, like, characters and um, acting performances, like, on a television, a comedic show you can think of. Um, but, yeah, so there's that flurry of stuff. It's an emotional roller coaster. Oh, yeah. But well, I, I – you know what? And even like the, the other trades, I mean, I, I will say, and then we can move on from the Bulls like stuff because there's a lot of other ones. But I really, I was a fan of the Troy Brown, like that little trade. I think that was a sneaky, like good wing pickup for them, too. Um, yeah, they, they made a lot of nothing. And it was essentially, they're just like, all right, there's a bunch of this crap here that was left over from us. It, you just moved to a new home. The, the person that you bought the house from left a bunch of crap in the garage or in the garage and basement. Oh, they um, did. Did they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. That stuff was Daniel Gafford, Chandler Hutchinson, you know, Otto Porter's contract. And you got to clear that it's spring cleaning time, baby. I know. Yeah, I know. Hey, they, if you could imagine how good the team could improve in like 18 months. You got to be pretty happy with where they, where they are now compared to where they were 12 to 18 months ago, based off coaching front office. And just, I mean, Patrick Williams was also a pretty good draft pick. Like you, maybe Halliburton should have gotten picked instead. I, I don't know if they could do it all over again, maybe they would, but nonetheless, they're, they're going to be good. And uh, yeah. if they get lucky and they can get one more piece to this, Which has um, to be you know, point guard. yeah, well, Lori is the big question mark too, right? Like, are you going to pay them? No, they're probably, not. I mean, what this does all this trading stuff is gives him sort of a reset to stay and, and have a chance to earn that contract and show. But I think it, I, I think they just, they found the Vucevic things that this is a guarantee 
and prioritize that over trading for Lonzo right now, knowing that potentially come the offseason they can get him and knowing they needed to use some of those assets they could have gotten him, mainly one of those first-round picks they needed to use to get Vooch. Um, but, yeah, that's the big thing. That's the thing this team needs as a point guard. Kobe White, I think, is destined to be a, a high-type type guy. Yeah, Lou Williams, six-man. Um, he is not an NBA point guard. That's not a knock because he can score. He's he's an asset. And he's, he's someone that can – yeah, he can be a part of a winning team 100%. I just think the role they put him in was out of necessity, and it's not him. Uh, so point, And point guard going into this year, we knew was going to be a concern, and it still is. So they need to address the point guard position. Um, and, and if Laurie isn't the end-all, be-all, which I don't think he's going to be, unfortunately – it is what it is, but um, I mean, at the right price, maybe. Yeah, they got to find. I think ideally they find a good sign and trade partner with him, or uh, they can sign him to a non crippling contract and then you trade him or you yeah. give him a little bit of time with Vooch. And this, there is a case to be made that with this team, now having an insane amount of spacing and an insane amount of Europeans. Yes. But they are going to have a lot of lineups that have five shooters on the floor, like solid three point shooters. Well, I mean, the fact that the Bulls just went from like Thad Young being their second best player to Vucevic is, you know, itself. And I'm glad they didn't trade Thad because I, them going this direction, I was like, all right please keep that on this team because he has played his ass off too. Shout out that young. Um, but speaking of, uh, for we'll do a transition quickly to my favorite trade of the day that wasn't bulls related. Uh, speaking of lemon pepper Lou, uh, him being traded for Rajon Rondo, uh, the Clippers deciding that they were going to, they needed Rondo because, uh, Okay, cool. Yeah, the Lakers won with him, but uh, hashtag Lakers still better. Even <laughs> I was surprised that the Lakers didn't move it, make a deal today. Maybe they end up getting Drummond. They're going to get Drummond. 100% getting Drummond. Yeah, I, especially McGee going to Denver. Yeah, I think it's – I don't know. I'll be honest. I haven't watched a ton of Clippers basketball. I don't particularly enjoy watching them play. Um Love Kawhi. They've played bad. They've had a good couple. They've had a good month. They've, they've yeah. They've they've been crushing it. I mean they've yeah. they've they've had a nice little string here. They're competing for a top seed in the West. Um, but nonetheless, I know Lou Williams has had his fair share of struggles this year. Him and Trez had such a dynamic for them, and then you take Trez out of the equation, and I think Lou Williams has struggled um you can say part of that i mean he's one of the scapegoats of their of their failure last year yeah well that and their second yeah i mean in the playoffs i think people just attack the shit out of him and rightfully so so you you ship him over and get some secondary playmaking and more veteran leadership with the hawks and rondo was not fitting there it was not going well (laughs) um so i guess I understand it from the Hawks perspective. I don't really know what the Clippers are trying to get out of this. Are they expecting to get the Rajon Rana that we saw in the finals? 
because I just don't see it happening. I don't like again. the fit with Rondo in that team though at all. I just that uh, I think they traded for him thinking they could essentially have him play a similar role to what he did with the Lakers, and I'm not buying it. Uh, buying it either. I think that was uh, if I were them, I would have. <laughs> there was so many different directions I would have taken if I were them, and that would not have been the. Uh, decision I would have made. I agree. I it was a weird trade. The Clippers didn't have a ton of options. Like what what contracts do they really have to offer that are like if anything, they have some contracts that you would have to attach a pick to to try to get off of, in my opinion. I mean I like the idea of them going after Kyle Lowry. That was more I there was that yeah I just what do you honestly what do you offer? Well, yeah, I th- you give him Luke Kennard and Lou Williams. Yeah, and- I just I'm like you haven't even like you're getting DNPs out of Luke Kennard some nights. Like I want that sixty million dollar cap hit. Like yeah, hell I- no, I'd rather have literally nothing uh, than than Luke Kennard at sixty million dollars. But that I am very surprised that Lowry to get dealt today. Like after the game yeah. last night and him kind of having his goodbye. Oh, the tone the tone was that he was gone. No question. He was FaceTiming Drake in his, in his interview. It seemed like it was a foregone conclusion that one of, you know, Clippers, Lakers, Philly, one of these teams are going to get him. And what I'm sure it will come out over the next few days, what offers were on the table. Miami, of course. Um which I actually didn't see. Oh no, I did. Let's talk about Vic, the Victor Oladipo trade because that was terrible. What is what is Houston doing? I don't understand. That is well, the Lowry and the Oladipo thing are both like, all right. The Raptors, like Masai had his asking price. The Raptors were, or and the Rockets were like, I, I think when they made that trade, they thought they could flip. Victor Oladipo for more than they could do anything with Karis LeVert and Jared Allen has to be the only decision because otherwise what you've essentially done is said, I'd rather have Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek instead of Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. And in terms of like everything that was going on and a bunch of pick swaps is all they've gone out of this. Uh, In terms of like, they didn't think that they could flip Karis and, and, and Jared Allen to more assets, by themselves, they thought they could get a, another swell of, of players for Victor Oladipo. But then there was a point of broke boy for Tita, which was like, now nah, we got to get rid of him. Like, deadline, he has to go. He cannot be on this team. So they waited around. They, I don't think Victor Oladipo was a primary target for a lot of teams. And what ended up happening, I think, was the Heat were leveraging Victor Oladipo against the Lowry offer. And we're essentially like, here's what we're willing to give up. Who who wants it? Uh, I think they would probably have paid a little bit more in terms of trade at, like Duncan Robinson was on the table for Lowry. Um, and, and they kind of, I think they, they caught it and, and, and got got the Rockets in, in the last minute with really nothing to do and, and sort of a hot potato situation there. All I know is that Miami – They've got to – I mean, they've been playing better. We know that they – When Jimmy's healthy, they've been good. Yeah, they've been good, and I think they're going to be good. Like, 
pulling up standings right now. They currently sit at fifth with Lamilla's injury. I think they are more than likely going to end up being a, the four seed in the East. Um, now it's tough to say exactly because there's so many teams kind of clustered around 500 there. So yeah. we'll see. But if I was a betting That's man, I would say so. the Heat probably going to be the four seed. Yeah. The Nets, Bucks, Sixers are significantly above them in the Eastern Conference. So if they end up with the four seed and they're playing like the Knicks or the Hawks or the Celtics in the first round, like the they Heat, don't want the Bulls. The Heat are better than those teams. Um, I'm not particularly worried about that. And you now have this team which has spacing a ton of guys that can like get their own shot. They're one of the deepest wing teams right now in the East. Yeah, but this is like I feel like most teams are like if we had a choice, they're essentially doing kind of what the Timberwolves are doing, but like better. infinitely better. <laughs> like, all right, we got like a really skilled big. Um, we got a lefty point guard we really like. Uh, and then let's just get all wings around that. Uh, but the wings they got are like NBA champions and former superstars, not, not guys that are shooting 25% from the field. Um, anyway, the heat, that is going to be interesting how they kind of play that because I would think that their starting lineup is going to be, you know, Dragic, Jimmy, and then obviously Bam. But is are they going to start Oladipo? Probably. Yeah, it will probably um, be. And then Hero off the bench, Duncan Robinson off the bench. Yeah. But that's a lot. Of, I mean, if you got one of those two coming off the bench, that's a pretty good problem to have. You know, you have Well, Hero, Hero's been struggling. I, I think they're like – Hero the- has taken a step back this year. He hasn't been as good. Yeah, but I think what this helps is for him in particular. I, Duncan Robinson, say what you want. I mean, he's struggled at bits too, but like the old depot thing helps in terms of, yeah, Tyler Hero can settle into that role and he can, uh, when he gets hot, he can, he can have focus in terms of like, all right, these are my minutes and I just need to make the most of them. And if I suck, it's not like the team is, is necessarily really relying on me. I, if I don't win, do this, um, but yeah, I, I think in, they're they're strong, strong upgrade for them still. Just in terms of even the Ariza signing, to, I mean the trade for Ariza that was earlier to get rid of the uh, old, uh, old old gamer stuff boy Myers Leonard. Uh, um, like they're they're just at a very solid point, and I think as long as they can get to a healthy level. They're they're going to be a pain to play in the playoffs. Yeah, I just realized I did not know. I didn't know Daniel Tice got dealt to the Bulls today too. Oh yeah, I that was that a part. Of, it was ended up being a three team trade. They flipped Mo money, Mo problems, Wagner to uh, for Daniel Tice. Oh, that's kind of fun. I mean, they needed an extra exterior. I mean, with you can't have Laurie and Vucevic and then expect to stop anyone in the paint. Like you needed something. No, I, I think I think that's. I actually kind of like Tice. Tice is one of those guys that, whenever I don't watch the Celtics, which is pretty frequent, he oh, always puts up like watch the Celtics. pretty empty box scores. Whenever I turn the Celtics on, which 
pretty much is whenever they're on TNT or ESPN. <laughs> they have to be playing. Tice just crushes it. Tice looks like he's like the best yeah. big in the league whenever I watch the Celtics. Thursday night, we just need the TNT Bulls back, baby. That's all I want. I want TNT Bulls, baby, undefeated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Aaron Gordon. We haven't hit on this yet. We got to finish our magic round. Up. I wanted to laugh at the Celtics more. I wanted okay. to laugh at well, the Celtics. Well, we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Evan Ford. Should we talk about all, should we talk about all the trades that the Celtics almost did but didn't do? Because they're the Danny Ainge and, and Ryan Pace have a real real kinship. They could talk about you know all the trades. All the bucket of trades that Danny Ainge is always almost done at the deadline. Same way as the Bears. Almost. They really, really tried to get Russell Wilson. We tried our hardest. You know, I actually – the part about the whole Celtics thing that I feel a little bad about is that I really like Kemba Walker. I actually like most of their players. I like Jason T. I like Jalen Brown I, is awesome. Yeah, I like, I like If they were yeah. on the Celtics, would love them. Would root yeah. them so much. And – I think a big reason why they have been pretty lackluster is Kemba just doesn't seem to be himself. He's, he's not 100%. Because Jason and um, – well, Jalen and Jason have been really good. Uh, Jalen Brown especially has taken a step forward offensively. Yeah. And now, okay, what, what are you able to get out of your trade exception? All right, you got Evan Fournier. Good job. Um, which – he is a good shooter. What else? Gonna be a the plethora of problems that they have. Is he really solving many of them for you? Meh. Meh. No. Really. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I think I think the Celtics are still how long? It's weird because it's like, all right, if you could start your team with two building blocks positionally where would you want to go? And I like, think almost everyone would be like, give me two wings, give me two wings. And that those, those are that. great. Those, no, those two guys are great wings to have. I have zero problem with that. And but I don't how really, do you, what is I don't really problem? even have a problem with anyone on the roster itself, but it is clear that team has a ceiling. That team's ceiling. And I love Jason Tatum. He is not your number one dude. He is, he is a great number two. Like the difference, I will compare him with Zach Levine because I do feel like, in in this regard, both almost flipped in terms of opinion going into this year. Of like Jason Tatum, that's a building block. Zach, Zach Levine, ah, good guy, bad team stats, dude. Listen, at the end of a game, the last two minutes, I'll give Zach Levine the ball every time, and I'm confident that in those situations, like I think he can close and win me the game. Jason Tatum, I just have never seen. And he's been in – he's had the moments and Zach Levine hasn't yet. Um, so that's where I could be proven wrong on Zach is he does it and he chokes in the playoffs. And, all right, they're in the same bucket. But, like, there's time and time again where there are just so much inconsistencies with a guy like Jason Tatum's performance in terms of, like, those clutch moments. He will – just there are games he just won't be – can't hit anything. He is just – he, he is closer to Paul George in terms of if, if you want to even go that regard, like him and Paul George aligned. I think we've all established Paul George can't be the number one guy and, and you legitimately go to a championship with. Uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, all you want, great. But like that next step, like you cannot ascend beyond that. Yeah, I 
there are very, very few guys that fit in that category of like, yeah. he could be number one option on a championship team. There are like 10 guys. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not a, take knock, a few. But... It's not a lot. Um, so having said that, yeah, I don't know. He's very young. I'm not going to say that about Jason Tatum just yet. I know that he is going to have to provide more of a presence to a team and that more of a command when things are getting out of, out of control. Yeah. It seems to me like when the wheels start falling off with that team, it's done. Like no one is stepping in and saying, Hey, we just lost our lead. We're our, the other, you know, our opponents on a 12 0 run. It's the fourth quarter. So it's not no. up or shut up time. Who, who's going to, who's going to turn the tide here. Can that be Jason Tatum? I don't know. We're not seeing it a ton. I will say that he's still a guy that like first or second year in the league, I forget which dunked over LeBron in game seven, of the playoff series. He was his rookie year. Yeah. I mean, he's, he still has some really cool moments. I'm not giving up on him, but you're right. The Celtics are a bit, well, they're fun to poke fun at right now. Well, my, my thing with the Celtics in, in to tie it with something else that was going on here was just like, what did we hear about for ever since that Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce trade, which is all these assets that they had and all this stuff. I mean, granted, some of it, it was definitely obviously utilized to get Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. That's a great ground floor piece like you compare it to the uh you compare it with the Sixers though Joel and Ben Simmons but Joel Embiid that guy can I think I have way more confidence Joel Embiid can get that team to the finals more than I have with like Jalen and, and Jason Tatum oh, I think so but Embiid probably was gonna win the MVP if you think it hurt yeah right I just, uh, yeah I don't think Jason Tatum's ever gonna be an MVP conversation um, no, not but, unless something changes. Before I tie that into is like the idea when I sent you that they, like Bobby Marks tweeted that the 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 Oklahoma City Thunder have thirty four draft picks. I was wondering if we were going to get to this today. They have thirty four seven, draft seven picks. years, seven years over right. seven years. They have thirty four seventeen, 17 first, round first round picks, seventeen second round picks. You like that is great. That gives you so much opportunity. You basically have a clay mold to do whatever you want you have to like hope you draft well but at the end of the day like all those picks you know aren't going to be on your team and like just hoarding all of that to an extreme level fantastic but at the same time when you look at that and you look at how the celtics operate just do not do what the celtics do where they're like we have this asking price we we every trade deadline danny Ainge i think goes into it in this way of like i think i can get that guy for this and i'm not gonna move because those and he gets schooled every time he's just not good at this and i think it's like you sometimes just have to you have to gamble you have to pull the trigger i mean they they just have to do it at one point you have to take a swing even like the Kyrie trade super safe like they were anytime that he is in a position where he doesn't have like the the leverage or the bargaining power he doesn't he just the trade doesn't happen. He has to have the upper hand. And I think he's smart in terms of identifying players, but take a risk. Like trade for a guy knowing he might walk in like the Anthony Davis situation. You get Anthony Davis for a year. I mean, maybe you gave up a little bit. I that's that's a bad one, but like that kind of thing. But I see what you're saying though. I mean, what you don't want to have happen is like the Celtics are sitting on the the <laughs> seems almost like a myth talking about it, but like they have this Grizzlies pick and it's going right. to be so good. 
you can't trade it. Well, what did that turn into? It didn't really convey into much. Like I don't, I can't tell you off the top of my head exactly what that was. The Bulls, to. the Bulls have had a king, the Kings pick way ago. The Bull, there's the Kings pick. You, we'll trade it, but it has to be for the exact right thing. And you know, what? it never whatever that you think you're gonna get from out of that because you, it just is great chip. It's never gonna be it. And you could have just pulled the trigger at a good opportunity and knowing you had that ticket to do it. And you just have to have the instinct and some confidence be like, yes, this is going to work. I'm going to do it. Well, the other interesting part of this, and I agree with what you're saying. Oftentimes teams are looking for third teams to involve in deals to help sprinkle in assets that that your team doesn't have. And so the thunder, they are going to be the first team I call if I'm, lacking draft picks, but know that whoever, whoever I'm trying to get a deal done with, that's their building for the future. And that's what they yeah. want. They want draft picks. So from that sense, it's good, but yeah, you can't bring 34 guys in your building over the next seven years yeah. along with SGA and properly evaluate what to do with all of them. They're going to have to consolidate that. And I think that they will. This team has been, significantly involved in in various trades forever cp3 russ paul george victor oladipo surge you name it sabonis they they are a very very active front office so i think this is just total reset time it's all right sga is probably going to be out for a while now and that this was a lost year for the thunder anyway even though they've been kind of decent but now okay you got him going into last year of his rookie deal. You're going to extend him. You're probably going to max him. And then you're building with SGA and a ton of picks. Yeah. And that, that's a good place to be at. Um, you're going to have cap space when most teams don't. Yeah. You're going to have a ton of assets. And they're probably going to be able to – they're probably going to have a, a year or two in the next few years where it's like a Gordon Hayward-type guy could just decide to go to OKC because it's like, all right – yeah, they, can, well, they have cap space. They have a really talented young guy that I can pair with. Yeah. Let's do, and they have a ton of assets that they can hopefully improve the team going forward. Like, I think that they're still managing this from a good position. It's just absurd. No, I, I, and yeah, the, the I mean, this the Thunder have are they're they're bottoming out still to to get those um, pieces, and if they're you know they end up getting a top five pick this draft pairing i think anyone from that that top five group where it's projecting out is going and with sga is a great you know initial piece to a core i was more from the celtic standpoint looking at it as like you know when these these bradley beal trades rumors keep coming up and him going to miami miami but it's like hey celtics why don't you step up and get bradley beal like do something to get bradley beal because you pair with like Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum. If you could, and ideally get Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, I'll talk to you about like contending. Then, you know, if even if it you had to give up Jalen, you know, in some regard, but you have Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, I'll talk to you then with Kemba or something. I mean, there's there's combos there, but you have to elevate. You're you're great. You're one of the top ten teams in the NBA. Great, but you're not no one's taking you seriously as like a real contender anymore. And it's just like, that score is not going to be that. Um, and I just, I, I, I don't know. I just, I find it, I just found it too funny 
with as the magic are literally fire selling. And let's talk about the rest of those deals or, well, I guess we touched on Evan Fournier. So let's talk about the Aaron Gordon thing, but like, as this is happening, you're ending up with Evan Fournier and that's what you're using your trade exception for. I mean, all right. Yeah. Good Fine. for you. Cool. But yeah. Aaron Gordon nuggets, the nuggets finally trade Gary Harris. He's been rumored to be in so many trades over the last couple of years. So him, Hampton, and a first for Gordon, which seems fair on both sides. Aaron Gordon, solid contract, a lot of athleticism, decent spacing, some positional versatility, and a, a, a needed wing, and a guy that I think will, will complement Jokic. I don't think that he is a guy that is going to cause problems in their offense, and if he is your third option, third, fourth option, if he's you say, probably their yeah, behind MPJ. Uh, he's probably, yeah, he's probably, th- yeah. <laughs> I mean, on, that, on a given night, like Michael Porter, like some nights, it's like, all right, he's going to shoot it like seven times. I'm going to give him the third option there. I'm going to give okay. Aaron Gordon the respect. <laughs> he's the third option. Right now, I think the Nuggets, where they would want to go is – He's the the fourth option, maybe. Yeah. If, if he's the fourth option, the Nuggets are very happy. Yes, that's pretty great. And the Nuggets have been trending in the right direction. Bad loss to the Raptors last night, but I like the trade because Gary Harris has not provided a ton of value for them. They're like you don't want to completely throw away the future because I think seeing and maximizing what you can get out of Michael Porter probably is that, assuming Jamal and and Jokic are around, which they're going to be there locked up. Then getting a guy like Aaron, getting a guy like Aaron Gordon, when you're going to try to like, they're going to try, they're trying to win the West. And I mean, with Jokic being as good as he has been, they have a chance in any series. I mean, we're now seeing so many injuries this season too, that it's like, I was thinking about this the other day. Like if things break the right way, there are a lot of teams that could win. They could win the championship. Oh, for sure. That's, like, same, that's the same thing as last year. Yeah. With the like, I I mean, I really like the Aaron. They need to do something to fill in that Jeremy Grant role. Aaron Gordon is not, I think, from a defensive standpoint, is definitely not matching that. Um, but from an offensive standpoint, I will say, like, one thing I was really excited about thinking about, I mean, how good can from the bubble forward for a lot of these games, like when in doubt, they go to the, the Murray Jokic pick and roll. And you know what? If a team figures out how to stop that now, you know what I think is just there is that who, whichever of those dudes has the ball, they've got the option of just waiting for Aaron Gordon in the dunker spot and just like throwing it to the hoop and like him going to get it. Like maybe he's got like a, a really good athletic option right there. Yeah, if you have if you have if you have Aaron Gordon and MPJ really moving well off the ball. Yeah, just cut yeah. Just like so many open threes, so many dunks. I mean, you could just do off ball screens with those two dudes in terms of like, all right, they just come together and it's like, all right, are they gonna go back the way they came or are they gonna switch, you know, in and out? Like you could just do stuff off of that for days off ball and just have like trouble figuring that out or defense or like pick your poison of how you're going to get around that stuff. 
Yeah, their their lineup doesn't have a lot of holes in it. And now that you look at like and okay, they, and they have just the depth too. I mean, like from the well, that's what I mean. Like, it is you, you are they going to start Barton? Probably. He seems pretty adamant about that. But like Monte Morris, most teams would love to have him as a backup point guard. Uh, then they sign McGee, who I don't know is fun as a as coming back to Denver and as a is fine as a backup center. Uh, and then a ton of power fours. I like Dozer. I think, I, I think too. he's, I think he's good. I always thought that he's been good. Um, and then you've got, yeah, just a ton of power fours and Millsap is still a good presence to have on this team. Like they, they have options and they can, they can match up against a team like the Lakers and throw different bodies at, at Anthony Davis I mean, Aaron Gordon is not going to give LeBron a ton of problems, but at least he's another guy that could guard him, uh, yeah. which I don't think you could really say about Gary Harris. Yeah. So I, that's a nice thing to have. I think nice it's a good to- retool. It's, it's a, yeah, I think it was a really, it made sense just from like contract, everything just like made sense where I'm glad that they did end up getting him. And I don't think they, had to overpay to do it um yeah from that standpoint i think it helps them at least establish a way of tweaking this enough to maximize Jokic's season and help him to ultimately like with this team like i think they are still sort of matchup dependent when it comes playoff time who they face when but um I think they're in a, definitely in a position if some of that breaks their way to make it to the Western Conference Finals again, for sure. And then yeah. just who they face, okay. Yeah, so I want to move on to, I don't know, we've hit all, on most of the big ones that have come through today. But I do want to talk about this Portland deal with the Raptors too. Yeah. Because I think we're in a slight disagreement with this one. I really... I did not think that this was something that they – I don't think the Blazers are really getting much on this, and they're giving up the younger player, and in all likelihood, Norman Powell is going to be a free agent after this year. So, like, you had Gary Trent, who has shown flashes of, like, especially in the bubble last year, I felt like every three he took was going in. I thought that he was just – Yeah, but he hasn't been – hitting that that level this year he has not been as good this year but when you see a flash like that and a guy that's so young and he's still putting up 15 a game to trade to get a guy that's putting up 20 a game but is significantly older and isn't contract controlled i don't love it but gary trent isn't i mean gary trent's a free agent they were gonna have to pay gary trent after this year but he's restricted I don't know if he is because he's a second round pick. I don't know if he's got the same. Oh, maybe maybe I'm confusing contracts here, but I, I thought I read it when they made the trade as essentially like the idea of having an extra year with a guy of like they have a fixed cost of knowing what Norman Powell is going to be versus getting into the sense of like all right, what are we – what's the Gary Trent market going to be? And, like, do we make that 
longer term commitment where it's like we just needed an extended window by an extra year with like to fill that role. And I think he is at a more consistent level. It is. Okay. Um, but still within that market, like what happens if they hit a they've got their dollar amount? What if someone offers Gary Trent more than they're willing to pay? Oh, I like, yeah, you had problems. I guess I just I looking on the positive side for Portland, because this I think is kind of a lost year for the Raptors. There's the story about Siakam and Nick Nurse getting into some verbal yeah. altercations. The Raptors are underperforming. Um and they just haven't had their whole team healthy for more than a game or two here and there all season. It just has not, it's been kind of a, a disaster of a year for Toronto. And so maybe they, they're in a playoff game or a playing game. We'll see, but them being sellers thought they were going to be more sellers. They ended up only trading Powell and I think Matt Jones, but I think that was pretty much it. Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas. Sorry. But, um, yeah, I, I Norman Powell is a little bit more of a playmaker. I think that he would be great, especially if you have CJ and or Dame on the bench and you have some secondary playmaking from him versus more just shooting. I don't know. I, I guess they were going to have contract issues either way, but I guess I just thought that he could be a complimentary piece for Portland going forward. I was surprised to see him traded. Yeah, I, I I think I, I could go either way on it, but I don't I don't know offended by it by any means. I think, and if you look at it too, like Gary Trent could want to. It could be a better situation for him just in terms of like a larger role. I think he's pretty, um, would have been pretty capped in terms of what he could do. Um, and I I just I think Norman Powell with with CJ and Dame is I really like him. Uh, as a player, I mean, he's he's put up really good numbers this year too. Um, so him kind of being that six man role for them coming off the bench, I, I think it just gives them a more consistent night in night out group and core. And when you think about it in terms of like refining right now for playoff rosters and getting that tight eight of dudes, I mean, right now, I mean, if they once Nurkic comes back, I mean, they got Dame, CJ, Nurkic. Rocco, Norman Powell, um, Mello. I mean, just that alone, like that's that's not bad. I mean, <laughs> I'll dance well, with that gonna, too. They're gonna have to pay Rocco at some point here too. I think this the contract that has been desired by everyone in the NBA has been passed around quite a bit the last mm. few years, and I think he's finally due for a bit of a payday. That Rocco contract, you know, it's gone around. Been around the block. <laughs> the Sixers signed into that, and then every team a year later was like, oh, stretch four. No, I mean, Roko's got two years in, left, though. I mean, he's got this two year. years on this. He has another year after this one. He's this year and next Man, year. Man, poor guy. He, he <laughs> is like the complete opposite of good timing when it comes to NBA contracts. He's at least there should be teams that have cap space if he's healthy a year and a half from now and you can sign him to another deal. Anyway, I think that pretty much sums it up, Peach. I yeah. it was it was an eventful trade deadline. It was though. a great like, trade I, I was, great trade deadline. I was very happy with how it turned out. 
I did not anticipate, or I did not think going into it that we were going to see a Brad Beal deal. I was a little worried that the Timberwolves were going to trade a first round pick for something, try to get John Collins and throw a future first in there, which, you know, would be very on brand and would be very dumb, but that didn't happen. So looks like Timberwolves are in pole position to be the worst team in the NBA. Um, yeah. And I'll be praying for the next month or two here that we are increasing our odds of getting Cade. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think you get Cade and you trade Cat. <laughs> it, I don't know. I don't know what they do. That's that's a separate conversation. Yeah. I think. What uh, what do you what do you do with this core that you have with the Timberwolves and what? I'd do you rather do build around Cade and Anthony Edwards and get some stuff for Cat. Well, what are you doing with the D'Angelo Russell though? Because that's the that's the elephant he's in the room. Lone man, he's left <laughs> hanging out. I'm not sure if a Cade Cunningham. Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, and your starting lineup is a recipe for success. Maybe it is. I don't know. You throw Malik in there too, because I'd like to. I'm I'm a fan of his, and I think he is finally off his suspension this He's weekend. Back. He's back this weekend. Nice. Yeah. So Malik's finally coming back. Um, Hopefully he's learned his lessons from waving guns at people during his parade of homes in Plymouth. Interesting strategy, Malik. Anyway, uh, PJ, this was fun. We're back. We're back. Bulls are back. Basketball. The winner takes all. It's the thrill of one more kill. The last one to fall. We'll never sacrifice their will. Don't ever look back on the world closing in Be on the attack with your ways on the wind All the things will begin And it's sweet, sweet, sweet victory And it's ours for the taking It's ours for the